Good afternoon. Welcome to The Marriage Project. You are tuned into Faith FM. You're here with Bethany and Chapo, where we talk about biblical wisdom for marriage and how that translates into real life. Good afternoon. Today, we're talking about how community matters to you as a person, to you as a couple, and... In your life, it's good for you. What? Why does community matter? Surely, once you get married, you don't need anyone but each other, right? Mm. I, <laughs> I just feel like I don't exactly know the answer for that, but I'm like, that's bad. Okay. I was like, I was trying to set you up. I was passing you a ball, being like, here you go, say something cool. Boom, and then nothing. You were setting me up to win, and yeah. I didn't catch the ball. <laughs> you didn't catch the ball. Which actually kind of happens when you throw things to me anyway, because I'm not very good at catching. True. But that's okay, because we're not talking about throwing and catching. We're not practicing our sports skills today. We're talking about how community matters, because I really believe that church is really important, that community is really important to the life of a believing person and to any human being. It's really beneficial because I believe that God uses people. I believe that Christianity isn't something we're meant to do by ourselves, that we grow when we're together and that it's good for you. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. I think those things are also true. And I'm assuming we're going to be talking a bit about how that relates to being married and not just individual people too. Yeah, a bit of both. Yeah, I, I might learn something here today because uh, I'm, I'm ready to learn. Are Te- you? Teach me. Oh, good for you. <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking how maybe it was a few episodes back, maybe it was a few more episodes back. I can't remember how long ago it was, but we definitely talked about how in Scripture there's Bible verses that are directed towards married couples and then there's parts of the Bible that are just Good for if you're a believing person. Oh, yeah. We talked about that in, I think, just about every single um, <laughs> episode that we've ever done. So, Oh, that one. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, no worries. Well, that's what I wanted to talk about in this because I really believe that you can't get past, especially in the New Testament, the fact that community is really important to God. True. Yeah. So, first of all, the first thing I want to say is that God uses people. God could use... Bushes that are on fire. One time God came to earth himself through a person, through a miraculous birth called Jesus Christ. Yep. God, I believe in that. Yep. One time God met a guy called Gideon and like did this weird test to see whether his fleece was dry or wet to make a point. But most times, oh, and a few times there were some angels that came across people, but most times, even in the Bible, the way that we see God working is through human interactions and not these divine manifestations. Okay. And I think that's a really important thing to remember because so many of us often expect that God will show up in this really magical and divine way. And sometimes God does, but more often than not, God isn't in those huge miraculous divine yeah, moments okay. for every person. Little tangent. I remember in a book that I read years ago, I think it was a red letter Christianity or something like that, but it, it talked about the idea that the thing that makes the Bible so much different to other faith books, like maybe the Book of Mormon or the Book of Quran or things like that, is that instead of it being um, the, the divine figure, like the God figure coming down and explaining to people certain things and telling them certain things that they wrote down word for word. Instead, the scripture is this 
collection of stories of how God interacted with people throughout human history because God wanted to be known not by the things that he told people, but by the way that he does, like the, the things that he does, the way that he moves, the way he interacts. So, instead of this just book full of things that God said, hey, write this down, we have a few of those things, but largely the Bible is a book of the stories and the accounts of the way that God has interacted with human history and used people to do awesome things mm. um, right from creation up until, you know, we see Jesus return. Exactly. So, God is a God of community. We see that right from Genesis when God says, let us make human beings in our own image. And more than that, when he creates the first human being, he says, it's not good that a man should be alone. There should be more than one of them. And so, then God also makes Eve and then there is man and woman both, which yeah. is really important. So, we see right from the beginning that God's intention for human beings was that they should be together because community matters to God. Okay. Then you've got this story after things go wrong for humanity, after humanity's on earth for a while and we've had the Tower of Babel, we've had the flood with Noah, like humanity's just not quite getting it right. We've had a lot of sin in the world. Okay. Then God chooses one man and that man's name is Abraham and he says, come with me and I will take you from your father's family, and I'll give you a new family, a new plan, a new life, a new future, a promise with me if you come with me. And more than that, I will bless all of the nations of earth through you and the generations that come from you. Yeah, cool. God doesn't say, right, I'm going to rock up and I'm going to appear to all these generations. He says, no, I'm going to choose Abram, and then I'm going to make a blessing on the on the nations because of the generations yeah. from one man. And you know the really cool thing about that part of the story mm. is that God would have had every reason to be like, nah, we tried this with Adam and Eve and it didn't work out. We, we tried to let them fill the earth and populate the earth and it was going to happen through them and look what happened. We had to flood it. Like, you know what I mean? Well, and and then- even with Noah, like- that was a second chance, and that yes. family really messed that up too. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And then by the time you get to Abraham and, hey, I'm going to pick a guy, and through this guy and his generations of, of um, you know, an- not ancestors, what's the other word, descendants, mm. we're going to fill the earth with the image of God in people. Um, yeah. You could think they've got to be like, ah, I think I just need to do this myself. But no, <laughs> he didn't. He continues to interact with people, which is what he will continue to do. That's and then his you, method. Exactly, That's God's method. Exactly. Yeah. And you see it all throughout the Old Testament, particularly when God brings the people out of Egypt and, he, mm. and they're just before, they're at the base of the mountain, they're just about to receive the Ten Commandments. And just before that, um, Moses comes down with a message for the people and says, God wants to make you a nation mm. of royalty yes. and a collection of priests so that through you, all of the tribes of the entire earth will come to see who God is and what he is like. Yeah. And that thing carries right through. Yeah. So, the purpose of choosing a select group of people was so that many could be blessed by God being a part of that select group of people. Yeah. And then again, that's what we see in the New Testament as well. Jesus chooses 12 disciples and then sends them out. Jesus has a large group of 72 disciples and he sends them out with a message from him and they act in place of him doing miracles and healings and preaching and teaching because they're acting in ways that God would in in those situations, in the way that Jesus would in those situations. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then in the New Testament, in the letters in the New Testament era in the first century, we see that the Holy Spirit is now carried through the church and through human beings. Oh, you're getting to me now. (laughs) 
So, which is now, through, like through, from the New Testament yeah, till now, because this is a, this is a radio program about Christian marriage, right? Yeah. But really, my great love is New Testament ecclesiology. So. Okay, that was a real big nerd word <laughs> for the people. What is it? It's a, can you explain it for me? New Testament ecclesiology. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so New Testament is the second half of the Bible, the part of the Bible after Jesus came to the earth. Correct. And ecclesiology is basically the the thing that we teach about church and what it is. Would you say that? Yeah, or the, yeah, the group the, of people, the body of believers. The teachings about church that we find in the New Testament. Yeah. And, okay, so that's 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 what I'm talking about. Sorry for everyone who's just like, what the earth is this guy on about? You lost me at, okay, okay, what's yeah. that word? <laughs> but, and I'm sorry if you tuned in just wanting to hear about, like, love and marriage. We'll get there in a minute. But just for a second, some New Testament ecclesiology. The church in the New Testament is so pivotal. There's this transition that takes place where... In the Old Testament and through the life of Jesus as well, you have the temple functioning as this really sacred place where people could go and connect with God. It was it was this place where God dwelt, and that's where people could have an encounter with God. And that same idea of temple transitions in the New Testament to the church, to the collection of believers gathered together. Yeah. We collectively become the living temple, and Paul describes it as like it's like a house, but it's made out of living stones. We're like bricks and right. rocks that are made out of people, and then the church becomes the way that God interacts with communities in this phase of history. So, the idea is that your local church is the way that God has a hand in the town that you live in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, where you live, God's not just going to show up there in a burning bush like he did with Moses. God's showing up there already because he's with those people people in that place. And their people are the temple. Yeah. They are the church. Um, Not the building. Yeah. The people themselves collectively filled with the Holy Spirit come together. Oh, I'm, look, I couldn't help it. Like, this is a real passion one for me. So Yeah, I thought you might go there. Sorry but about that. But I think it's really good. I think it's really, really important. It's one of the building blocks of what it means to be a believer. Yeah, but it's got nothing to do with marriage. But or does, does it? it? <laughs> or does it? But if you're a believing person and you're married, or if both of you are believing people and you're married, then church is a really important part of your life, or it should be. Sure. Yeah. Yep. So, the reason that I started thinking about this was because earlier this year, I went to a funeral and when I was at that funeral, what I noticed wasn't that all of these believing people weren't sad. In fact, they were devastated because the person who had died had died quite suddenly and was a young person and their family was just beyond devastated. Everybody was weeping. They weren't protected from experiencing pain because of their faith, because they were Christians. But what I noticed in that place was that they were held by other believers, that there were people who gathered around them and supported them, people who made food, people who pitched tents, people who set up chairs, people who even just went up. And I noticed um, two people holding one another, both who had just – Recently, the the father of the girl who had died and some other people who had lost their child, and I realized that when we hold one another in our same circumstances, that that is actually the the gift that God is giving us for surviving this world, is to have other believers alongside us in the journey of the pain and the struggle that we face. Some of the deepest pain we ever experience is the pain that hits our family unit and that Mm. hurts us at that level. And being a part of something that is beautiful but also spiritual um, and holy can be incredible to pull us through that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's some more things that you'd like to talk about on that topic, but right now we need to take a break. We'll be back very soon here on Faith FM. 
In this world there is trouble, but you bring peace. I find it on my face, yeah, on my knees. In my darkest of hours, I will call your name. When I'm weary and broken, in my weakness I will pray. I need Jesus, I need real love. I don't need another fancy thing, what I need is you. On the tallest of mountains, in the highest place On my greatest of days, yeah, oh, it's all grace When my joy is overwhelming, still I call your name Staying desperate for you, Lord, I will sing it out again I need Jesus, I need real love Fancy thing, what I need is you I need Jesus I need real love I don't need another fancy thing What I need is you And in my darkest night I'll call upon your name When all the world is right Still I will seek your face and in the sun or star, there's nothing I want more than you, oh, than you. that song called? It's easy to find out. Download the free Faith FM app for your smartphone or tablet to see our full daily schedule of programs and music. Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening to The Marriage Project with Bethany and Chapo. We're talking about biblical wisdom for marriage and how that translates into real life. And today we're talking about why community matters. We started out talking about how God uses people. And the thing that I really wanted to get at was that the gift that God gives to believing people isn't that we're protected from all of the tragedies and difficulties that we face in life as a human being, but that we have a soft landing in that God surrounds us with a group of believers. Yeah. Yeah. That's a cool idea. Yeah. So last week we talked a lot about growth and change and the different ways that you can go through transitions in your life. And I guess as a married couple, how you cope with those transitions 
really depends on how well you stay together. Yeah. yeah. And look, let's be honest. Like, some of the things we're going to talk about this afternoon aren't just specifically for married people. Like, yeah. like this, no matter who you are, being a part of a community really matters. Um, having a, people, a, a group of people around you that can hold you up through your personal struggles, through your spiritual struggles, through times of grief and crisis to celebrate with when things go good is all really, really important for your social well-being, for your mental well-being. But there are some, I guess, unique things about what it means to be a married person where this is super helpful as well. And I think I just want to – let's highlight a few of those. Yeah, absolutely. Because – and I think in those times of transition when things do get shaken up in your family life – that you really do need helpful, supportive people on the outside of your marriage that you can trust and you can confide in and who can. And the other thing as well that we found in our marriage is having people that we can look to who've are maybe like a couple of years ahead of us, a couple of generations ahead of us. And we can say, Hey, this is something that I'm struggling in. How can. I learn from you and what you've already been through as well. That's right. Like the fairy tale is happily ever after. The the movie ends with the couple saying I do and then they lived happily ever after. But that is not real life. Happily ever after doesn't happen. You get married and then you open the door to a whole range of things, things that could happen like um, – Losing a pregnancy, like postnatal depression, like a mental breakdown, like losing a job, like um, losing a limb, like all these, like, do you know what I mean? Like, there's, yeah. it's like, you know, adversity, life. adversity yeah. life, like health challenges, crises. Um, there's so much stuff that happens in the context of trying to have a life that's forming together. Um, you know, also when you join two people together, you join two families together and there's all the baggage that comes that I wouldn't have had this baggage in my life if I didn't marry you and your crazy family, <laughs> you know? yeah. not your yeah. particular crazy family, just a hypothetical family. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So <laughs> I would say if you are part of a young couple and you are recently married, find yourselves an older couple who can be a mentor to you, somebody that you admire, somebody that you can see, hey, I'd like to understand how this worked for you or you're, you know, two generations ahead of me and and I love what I'm seeing in your relationship and how I can copy that or what works and what doesn't work is a really good thing to do. I remember when we were newlyweds, we we didn't do this on purpose, but we were sort of adopted by an older couple who really, you know, took us into their home and and fed us and sat with us and prayed with us. And, And that was really beneficial, I think, for our learning a new way as married people. For sure. Yeah, and definitely I can remember as a new mum, I really needed church when I was a new mum. I had this little baby that just, oh, my goodness, our first daughter just screamed and screamed constantly. So for me, going to church actually meant that I got a break. It meant that I didn't have to hold this little baby that constantly wanted to be held. She and had I knew terrible that she was reflux. Yeah. In that. So, like, it wasn't just that she was a whinger. She had this She's, awful pain yeah. constantly. Um, for the first four months of her yeah. life, she just vomited and screamed. And, um, but for me, as a new mum, I just thought babies cried and I didn't realize there was a problem. But what I did have was on Saturday mornings when I went to church, I just had to get myself dressed and get myself to church. And while I was there, all I had to do was feed that baby and then they'd take it away and then they'd bring it back again when it needed feeding. And it was just such a relief that I had women that I could trust to just hold her. And my arms were relieved. I could just sort of, my body was just (laughs) able to relax in that moment. It's just really beautiful. And they, you know, they came around, they, they brought us food. They did such beautiful things for us in that new stage of life, which was really generous and wonderful. Um, 
We also had um, a meal train that we did that we were part of for people who had a person pass away in their family. And I can remember um, talking to a friend who's not a believer and she said, oh, that's really nice that everybody's bringing food and stuff like that. And she related it to an experience that she had when she had a family member died and she said, oh, it must be so nice that the church does that for people. Right. And it was strange to me because I hadn't thought about it in that way because I was part of it. Yeah. Because to me, I didn't separate myself from the church. I was like, I'm, I'm part of the church. I'm part yeah, of how this, this is happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But people who go through loss and grief, they might get a little bit of that, but they certainly don't get the – what the uh, the bigness of it? Yeah, like it's, it's like, bigger in church. Well, it's more magnified. I would say it's rallying. The church yeah. will often rally around us, or we will rally around other people um, when they are in need mm. to either celebrate or to grieve. Yeah, there's that rallying. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I can remember when when you had your really bad mental health episode and you were really unwell that. The church rallied around you and they paid for you to go and to take some time doing some work on your wellness and to have some space. That was really beautiful. Yep. Um, and I was reading this book that I recently have read. It's by Heather Thompson Day and she's a beautiful Adventist lady. And it says, and it's called, It's Not Your Turn. And I recommend this one, but she talks about how her and her husband had moved to a new town. I probably don't do this story justice, but they moved to a new town and he went and greeted this woman at their church and she seemed sort of like a little bit distant, but he was the new pastor. Everybody was new to him. He didn't know if it was a member or not. Turns out that this woman was actually passing through and had just gone to church that day. And that the reason why she was in that town was because her brother had recently died. Right. And she said, I just didn't know what to do. I wanted to come to church today. And then she just started talking about how her brother had all of this stuff and it was just her and her mom and they needed to clean out the house. And that was such an epic job for them to do. And he said, oh, well, I've, I've got the time. I can probably get a few people together and come and give you a hand. And he went and gave them a hand. And from that experience, he actually got built a relationship with this woman. And then a little while later, he actually, she noticed that his car was broken down. And because they just recently relocated, because they were living in temporary housing, they actually didn't have a lot of money at the time. And they'd been praying to God about their finances. And this woman goes, do you want my brother's truck? And she actually just gave him a brand new truck out of nowhere. And sometimes we have those experiences where it's a real amazing God moment simply because we were a community to another person. Yeah. And and I love that, that we in building those relationships, we receive benefits, not just mentally, but also physically as well. Sometimes God answers our prayers through another person, which is yeah. really beautiful. Now, just before we go to a break, I just want to just – bring back to something you said before, how when we were newlyweds, um, there was people who took us in yeah. and sort of just brung us around, cooked food with us, ate with us and talked with us and sort of took us under their wing as a new married couple. And you said to, um, if you're a newlywed, try to find that person, those people who you look up to and would love to learn from and, and be like, so to speak. I just want to say also, like if you're at the other end of that, and you're someone who's, you know, been Older. married for 30 or 40 years and you feel like you've got a lot to give, then seek out those couples. Yeah, seek out someone in absolutely. your community, either in your church or, or one of your neighbours or someone, but seek out other young couples that you might be able to do the same thing, take under your wing mm. and, um, yeah, just help them out as they navigate all the new territory that they're about to and, together. And also a word of encouragement in that as well. Like, don't assume that somebody's natural family already has those systems in place because for you and I, we didn't have a role model older couple 
in either of our families. And so to actually have them invest in us was a real gift to us because we hadn't seen an older couple that loved one another well in either of our families' origins. So don't assume that just because somebody's at church or somebody's in your life or somebody's a believer that they have those things already. Yeah, that they're from a good family, yeah. that their family lives close, that they get on with their family, that mm. you know, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, because sometimes just- we do, sometimes we say no before we even offer. We go, oh, their mum will do that for them. They but probably really, don't, yeah. 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 But we really sabotage our own goodwill by talking ourselves out of it. Mm. Guess what? It's time to take a break. But how about this? Because I'm always the one that keeps the time. I throw it at the break. How about you throw it at a break this time? It's time to have a break. <laughs> Is that all you going to say? Yeah. Okay. Right. No <laughs> we'll be back soon. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned to Faith Effect. <laughs> the human soul can be filled with regrets. We never forget where we've gone wrong. Almighty God stands ready to you in depravity needing your mercy even in my first hour I'm proof the cross is as able today as when the lamb was slain on the altar Look 
up for your redemption draws near. Hi, this is Sharissa and Danny, your hosts for Looking Up. Join us every Wednesday between 3.30 and 5.30 for our live show. We cover current news and how it relates to Bible prophecy. We'd love to have your company and interaction, so set your alarm and put it in your calendar. We will catch up then. And we're back. You are listening to Faith FM. You are here with Bethany and Chapo, and we have been talking this afternoon about why community matters, and it matters for everyone, but it is very important for married people as well, and specifically talking about the idea of Christian community, otherwise known as the church. That's right, because when we have church in our life, when we have Christian community in our life, we thrive. And when individuals thrive, couples thrive, and when couples thrive, Marriages thrive and families thrive and your children as a result of that as well. That's right. Look, I just feel compelled to talk about the fact that, look, I want to acknowledge that not everyone's experience with church has been a positive thing. And you might be tuning in hearing us say how great church is and how awesome it is to have a church community and you might have all of this past hurt that is really legitimate, like, oh, mm. I tried to be part of a church but they didn't accept me or something really bad happened when I was at church or I was treated poorly or they did this to my family or whatever. And I don't want to just um, diminish that and say mm. that's not true. What we're hopefully talking about is the ideal scenario where the church community is living into what it's called to be according to the New Testament. And it's what Jesus purchased and paid for and what he set up through the, the apostles. It's, that's what we're asking. I guess that's what we're referring to here as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if you have had one of those really damaging, hurtful church experiences, I'm sorry that happened to yeah. you. As a pastor of a church, I'm sorry that that happened to you. And if you needed somebody who's official, who's from a church organization to say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that happened to you. And I really want to just say, don't give up. Keep working to find your people because just because you had that experience doesn't mean that every experience is also tainted because there are people who truly follow God and there are people who truly want to be a blessing in their community. So keep working to find your people. Yeah. Because I believe that's really important. And you're not stuck with the exact place and people that you find yourself in if it's not working as well. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, the next thing I want to talk about how I thought you'd like this one, Chapo, but maybe it doesn't quite work, the analogy. Christianity is an orchestra, not a guitar solo. What? I know. Well, maybe it's a band, not a guitar solo. What is wrong with a guitar solo? I was going to say it's a choir, not a solo, but then I was like, oh, Chapo would like it if I said guitar solo. Yeah, I yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I love guitar solos. Guitar solos are awesome. They're the best part. Guitar solos are very cool. Yeah. It's the best part of the song. An orchestra. All the squiggly, squiggly bits. An orchestra is what- Wow. <laughs> now you're really, really on the guitar analogy. Yeah. An orchestra is what we are when we work together- as Christian people, we're not just meant to be out there on our own doing our own cool thing. We're meant to be a part of the larger narrative, the That's larger right. part. And church has failed when it functions like a guitar solo and not an orchestra because we've seen that so often. <laughs> yeah. And we've, you know, like the analogy is that the church is the body of Christ. And a lot of the times the church is like maybe one really strong arm and one really big tongue and then a bunch of inactive parts of the body that are falling to sleep. Like, like yeah. where, and that's not what it's ever supposed to be. Yeah. So, do, would you like to read that part of the Bible? First Corinthians chapter 12, verses 25 to 27. Or you oh, can talk good. about it if you like. Well, I need to find it. You didn't warn me. Um, surprise, Bible reading. Um, so, the Bible talks about how church is like a body. 
and that all the different parts work together and that Jesus is the head of that body. Yeah. Now, you, I've got my Nick and James here. I'm not sure if it's going to read as well as what you would hope, but 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 25. Yeah, give it a red hot go. that there should be no schism in the body. Schism. Yeah, that the body should have the same care for one another. Um, oh, sorry, that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honoured, all the members rejoice with it. Now, you are the body of Christ and members individually. Yeah. So, yeah, First Corinthians chapter 12 is where you can read a really big block of text all about how there are lots of different parts and we all work together and nobody's more or less important than one another where Jesus is the head of us and we work together. And so some there's sort of... There's a trend maybe in Christianity where, especially with COVID, that a lot of us have gone, well, hey, I can do this by myself. I can read my Bible by myself. I can pray by myself. I can even find some pretty cool sermons on YouTube or on a podcast. So why do I need to be a part of that? But scripture tells us that we need to be a part of the body, that we can't just be an arm attached to a head. We can't just be a foot attached to a head. It would be weird. And so we need to be a part yeah. of a whole body. Oh, uh, look, let me get started on this one. Like, <laughs> th- this started, right, for me, started noticing it not long after I became a Christian because mm-hmm. it was it was that point. I'm thinking, like, early 2000s. That's, man, early 2000s. Yeah. Man, I'm old. Some people were just born then, man. I know. Like, so, <laughs> but that's when, you know, I was in my early 20s and had just become a Christian. And it was about that point that satellite TV was becoming a thing. And with satellite TV, all of a sudden, people got all the TV networks. There, and there was Christian networks that they could get a hold of as well with all these, like, new kinds of sermons and stuff. And then it was not long after that, the internet became a big deal and you could listen to all these sermons online. And if you're a part of the Seventh-day Adventist church, then there was Hope Channel and 3ABN and all this sort of stuff that we didn't have before. And all of a sudden, you started hearing people say things like, well, I can get fed better by staying at home and watching this or watching that. Or I prefer to hear this preacher speak on TV than I do my own pastor because their sermons are lousy and I don't get fed at all and those sorts of stuff, as if the point of your community is to go and listen to a sermon, mm. as if that is like the the point of being part of a church is to hear good sermons. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, I just want to jump on the back of that and just say that even what you're listening to now, even Faith FM, even being here with us, even the rest of the programs that you're listening to, it's not a replacement for the living body of Jesus Christ that is found in a group of believers. And if you don't have that in your life, I just want to encourage you to go on to faithfm.com.au and you can click there on contact and they will put you in touch with a pastor or a Bible worker or somebody who's nearby to you who can come and pay you a visit, drop something around or study the Bible with you or say, hey, do you want to come along to church? If that's a little confronting for you, another thing that you can do is you can jump on Google and you can put punch in SDA Church because spelling Seventh-day Adventist is sometimes hard, but if you punch in (laughs) SDA Church on Google, it will find you the nearest ones to you. And so if you go into it, Just on the Google part, there'll be a phone number. And often that phone number, Chapo? Yes. Is your phone number (laughs) if you're in Chapo's area. (laughs) But also... Hooray, I get all sorts of great phone calls. (laughs) The phone number that you'll find on Google is often the local pastor or a local elder. And so you'll be put in touch with somebody who's local to you. And even if you're too scared to call... Jump on a text and just say, hi, I listen to Faith FM and I want to be a part of a church, but I'm scared. My name's Rodney and I'm from 
Timbuktu, please reach out to me or whatever, you know. So I don't know if Faith FM reaches Timbuktu. I, I, don't wrong. I didn't want to specify a particular person in case someone was like, they know that I'm here. Is and Timbuktu even out. a place or is it just like a, a word that we say for like a faraway land? Like, is it a real town? I think it's real. Okay. But now that you're asking me, I'm nervous that it's know. not. And someone's <laughs> listening thinking, oh, I can't believe they don't know. About Timbuktu. <laughs> That's something else you can also Google. But back to topic, oh. you can Google SDA Church near you. You can jump on faithfm.com.au and get in touch. I, I don't want to go back to the topic. I want to keep on going on with the rant here. With Timbuktu? <laughs> no, forget about Timbuktu. Oh, okay. But back to this, back to what we're talking about, about the real, the real core, um, I guess, reason why church exists. You yes. know? One of them, of course, is mission. We were gathered together. As a body of believers, not just the pastor, not just the head elder, but as a group of people to transform our communities with the good news of the gospel, right? Um, and to be a community, to be the people that rally around and support one another and help one another and hold each other up and grow together and all that kind of stuff. Now, it's really difficult where we live mm. in many ways for pastors because, because there's so many churches close together in a, in a, like a, you know, within, what, probably half an hour drive, there's, what, 12 different churches that you could a go to. A lot came up when I put in SDA church on my yeah. Google because there so, was a lot near me. <laughs> and often, why do people choose which church they want to go to? Um, preference. Preference. What about which part um, of church? Style of worship yeah. or feeling welcome in that place with those people. Or the preacher. Mm. Um, and it was really interesting. Like, when we passed it, like, much more regional, people came to your church whether they liked it or not because it was the only church to go to. Whether so, they like us or not. Yeah, even if they're like, <laughs> that guy's sermons are terrible. <laughs> well, that's all you get because that's all that's here. But I, I just want to say, like, so, so often pastors are critiqued on their ability to preach. And some pastors can preach really well. Some are just really gifted communicators. They can take complex ideas from the Bible and present it in ways that are not only Passionate and life giving, but are like well exciting and yeah. well articulated, and are just a pleasure to listen to. And yep. they cut your heart. And some preachers are really great at other things, but preaching isn't one of them. Mm. And they're still good pastors, and they're still good people. It's just that that isn't their strength. Um, yeah, I just I don't know why I felt like ranting on that, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, so. I just wanted to let you know that Brené Brown is one of my favourite ladies. Yeah, let's get back to... Let's get back to where we yeah. were somewhere before. Brené Brown's one of my favourite ladies. She is not a Christian writer, but she has a, a strange, loose belief in God. And she grew up a Christian. And she says, connection is why we're here. We are hardwired to connect with others. It's what gives us purpose and meaning in our lives. And without it, there is suffering. And I love that. Because even in our marriage, we're not always connected to each other well. And I think sometimes we need to seek connection in other relationships so that we can love our spouse better as yeah. well. Because yeah. if we're trying to get all of our social requirements met from one person, that person's going to get dried up pretty quickly and exhausted pretty quickly yes. from our needs. Yeah. yeah. We call that codependence. Yes, or enmeshment. Yeah. 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 We need to take a break. So, just listen to what I do just here, Bethany, just quickly, because okay. you're, you're going to do the okay. next one. Okay. We need to take a break here, but stay with us. We won't be very long. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM. Do not boast over me, my enemy, for my father is the victor. Your darkness only makes him brighter. He'll make me more than a conqueror when I fall, I rise again. 
When I fall, I will rise again. When I fall, I will rise again. When I fall, I will rise again. Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Disappointments push me deeper into dependence on my father. I hold on to him, my helper. When I fall, I will rise again. 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 Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. Every trial makes me stronger. Every failure makes me wiser. As he refines me in the fire. When I fall, I will rise again. 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 Oh. Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening to The Marriage Project with Bethany and... Chapo. I and really like doing it that way. Yeah, and you yeah. brought it back really well that time. So, so you're going to... Yeah. For the going out. For the going out, For yeah. the going out. <laughs> I thought I did all right last time, but apparently <laughs> not. <laughs> you just said like, and we're taking a break. <laughs> I thought that was sufficient information. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't... Translate as well in Radio Land. For thing. break time. Yeah. All right, so I've got a Bible text for you because we've been talking about how and why community matters for believers, for human beings, and for couples as well. And we've been talking about how God uses people and not just miracles. And we've been talking about how Christianity is not meant to be a solo. It's not something we do on our own. So the next thing that I want to talk about is that we grow when we are together. Okay. And I've got a Bible verse for you. Proverbs 27, 17. And it is a test of mine eyes. Okay. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Or other versions just say, so one person sharpens another person. Are you a sharp person, chap? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Am I supposed End to End of radio. <laughs> um, so, it's basically referring to, like, as a person in terms of business, in terms of your spirituality, in terms of growing and getting better as a person, becoming sharper. Yeah. The way that well, we do that is- I guess the alternative is, would be a dull person. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and even like when you Isn't think- Isn't that an insult? Like, ah, oh, she's a bit dull. Like, that would mean, like, it's not too- Yeah. I think about it more. It's like the sharpest tool in the shed. That's a saying. That is a saying, yes. I think about it more in terms of prickly people, that prickly people become less prickly if they're rubbing up along on the side of people, and it might be uncomfortable, but that sandpaper effect wears them down to be more more manageable. (laughs) 
but yeah, that we want to be part of iron sharpens iron marriages where we make one another better and sharper and more awesome for God. But we also want to be part of iron sharpens iron communities oh, where we but- get sharpened and we become better for one another in our marriage and for God. Yeah. What, uh, just like you said, iron sharpens iron marriages where we yeah. make each other better. Yeah. But also iron sharpens iron marriages in the sense that like we as married people getting together with our other marriage people inspire them to have a, a great life yeah. and, you know, great family and great holidays and great sex life and great all sorts of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. And that husbands and wives can make one of those sharper. We can help each other grow spiritually. Yeah. But that growing on your own is hard when you're a believer. True. But a lot of people have a lot of reasons why they don't want to go to church. And I think I think we've made some of these reasons or excuses before too, or we've definitely seen them or made them ourselves. Like, we're not perfect. No. There's been reasons why we don't want to go to church sometimes. And we don't want to pretend we are. And we don't want to be around people. Maybe it's because... It's your free time, and you got something else that you want to get done. We get peopled out on the weekend, as a yeah. Or you're like, hey, I'm actually feeling a bit introverted, and I'd rather just watch Netflix. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, maybe you feel like you're too busy. Like life is just so full that adding another thing in is so much to do. Oh, look, there's so much in that. Yeah. I I preached a while ago on the idea of like secular drift, like how we we, we can have this great connection with God, but because our life is so full and we have so much crammed into it, we slowly drift further from God. But in drifting from God, we sort of just become more and more like everything else. And that special part of us that was like in tune with Jesus just sort of gets quiet. Hmm. Um, but yeah. it's because of the business. And we do have and, a, like yeah. more than the pandemic of COVID, we have a pandemic of busyness that is Absolutely. just like ruining society and ruining people. And ruining marriages. If you're too busy to invest in your relationship, then your relationship's not going to be great. That's right. Um, so you might feel like you're too tired to go to church. Like the week's been so full on that you get to the weekend and you're like, I'm spent. I don't want to go there. I don't want to do any more people stuff. Yep. You're feeling introverted. Um, the weather is bad. How about that one? Don't reckon I'll go. It's raining it's today. Raining. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually the opposite I found with um, COVID. And currently churches are shut down. So, we can't worship in New South Wales together. So we do it online. So we're doing so it online. So online. But when it's but a on nice the rainy weather, days, you get less people connecting online. Yeah, on rainy days, people want to rug up in their jammies and eat some food and watch church. Yeah. But on the sunny days, they're like, reckon I might go to the beach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's sort of the opposite. Um, you don't like the person who is speaking can be one as well, which you spoke about just a minute yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, or you just don't see the point. What's the point of going? Yeah, and hopefully that's the point of today is we're talking about what is the point of going. Well, here's a few points. If you don't see the point, here's a few. <laughs> um, this is a big one. I have to work, and I would I would really like to challenge that because if your life is so much work that you don't have any time to be with like-minded believers, you don't have any time to prioritize the things that God has said is important, that you don't have any time to invest in your own personal and spiritual growth, I would challenge you to figure out how you can scale back with work so yeah. that you can invest in yourself and your spirituality and your connection with God. Mm. Um, I can listen to a sermon online. I talked about that one already. Mm, yeah. yeah. I can study the Bible by myself. You know what? I, oh, look, we're running out of time, but I wish I could talk about that one more. <laughs> but I'm just going to let it go. Sorry. I've got so much <laughs> feelings inside me that I just want to let out. It's coming. About like, oh, I could just do church by myself. No, you can't. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> 
<laughs> Church Sorry. is boring, Chapo. Oh, look, sometimes it really is. It, yeah. Like, it, I'll be, let's be real. Sometimes it doesn't bring the magic. Sometimes it just is a chore to sit through. And, and it's not even just the young people that are annoyed because the old people are asleep. <laughs> like, yeah. But also, like, sometimes don't go there to get your own blessing. Go there to be somebody else's blessing. Yeah. It works both ways. Yeah. Don't just sit there expecting to be filled up. Yeah. Go there and think, I'm going to see how many new people I can connect with today. Maybe that's not the reason you went there that day. Yeah. Yeah. I've been hurt too many times. You addressed that. I don't agree with or support the leadership in this church. Wow. Yeah. That's a big one. (laughs) That's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. Why would you put that in this list? (laughs) Just casually. At the end of the episode (laughs) and not give me a chance to- to drop some bombs on that one, man. Leadership is hard. Part two, part two. Leadership is hard, though. It really as is. As a leader, right? As a Christian, every pastor is a leader, and you can be a leader in lots of different ways, but every leader has to make decisions. And the decisions that a leader makes are usually ones that are going to make some people really upset and other people really, really happy. Yeah. And, and you have to wear it. We have to wear it. Yeah. We have to live constantly making choices, knowing that there's a whole bunch of people that think I'm an idiot. And that I made terrible choices and I'm a bad leader because I chose this. Even though there's some, you know, it's just the, like, you know, have just say a prayer for your pastor. Support your leaders, (laughs) pray for your leaders, ask them how you can take the burden off their shoulders. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Um, You don't feel comfortable in that place. Maybe because something happened in the past. Maybe because you're an introvert and you don't like people. Maybe because some other thing, maybe even um, sensory things as well. I know that's a big thing for a lot of people yeah. these days. We've got a kid who's got additional needs. Um, and I don't feel like my needs are being met. Yeah. Something really clever that I learned that there were some of the bigger churches would do, and obviously it takes a big budget, but they would, I think it was every six years on a rotation, they would redesign the interior of their church. Mm. So new carpet, um, recover the pews, change as much as they could so that it felt like you're going into a different place. So if people had had an awful experience and they associated, associated it with it being in that place, going into a place that felt new and different would hopefully like just, I don't know, what's the word? Um, uh, it would feel different. It would feel different. It would, it would feel it would, like you're walking back into the same environment or some of that. Yeah. same trauma, same memories. Yeah. yeah. Which, uh, yeah. The yeah. problem is some churches you go into and they look exactly the same as they did in 1972. They smell the same. And they smell the same. <laughs> and if you're a part of that church, put something in that make it smell better. You're yeah. Like, 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 have a go. I think like some people might think it's frivolous to spend budget on that, but I think it's noticing people to spend budget on that. Yeah. And I think that's really special. Oh, you put in all these reasons, but the things I want to talk about, but that's not why they were there. <laughs> all right. Can I show you a Bible verse? Yeah. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 to 25. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not de- neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I think if ever there was a time for such a verse, it would be right now because there's just so much struggle in the world around us. A lot of people are having a really hard 2021 after a really hard 2020 and we need other believers to be alongside of. Encouragement, it says in this verse, encourage one another to do love and good works. Well, you don't get encouraged on your own. Encouragement happens together. So don't give up on gathering. Don't give up on, don't quit church. That's right. Yeah. And look, as pastors around the country, Notice that 
in the first round of the lockdowns and pandemic, there was lots of people who were part of our church that didn't come back. Yeah. They might have already been feeling a bit uncomfortable. They might have already been kind of on the fringe. And that lockdown was just the, the thing that kicked them over the edge to be like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm out. Because um, they lost that routine. So then they lost that reason yeah. to be there. There's yeah. also people who like, I don't know where you live, what part of Australia you live in or what your status is in terms of church or if you can attend church or not. But right now we're in lockdown still and we're doing church on. Um, YouTube and Facebook. We're live streaming a church program where we interact with yeah. our church. I know there's lots of churches that are doing that, other churches that are doing Zoom. And I know that where all churches are only capturing at best probably 40% of the people who would have attended had church been together. I really want to encourage you if, if I'm saying this and it's, you're saying, Oh yeah, that's actually me. This coming weekend, engage with your church, mm. whatever they're doing, whether it's physically they're gathering. Whether it's even physically, but you don't like it because you've got to wear a mask and you can't sing and do the stuff that you used to like to do. Um, or if it's online, they're still your people. It's still your community. I really want to challenge you that if I've said something and you said, Oh yeah, that's actually me. I fit into that category. Then this coming weekend, engage, connect with your people. Yeah, yep. absolutely. And when I think about how it says encourage one another, that encouragement can't take place when you're on your own. When I think about the fruits of the spirit, so many of those things are grown when we are with others because patience takes place when you've got somebody or something to be patient for. Because self-control is really easy when you're by yourself, but as soon as you walk out the door, that's when the testing really happens. Kindness needs human beings to practice on and so does gentleness and goodness. Joy is deeper when you experience it with somebody else. Sorrow is healed when you are with another person. Love is needed with other people to be able to grow. Love by itself is nothing. And God is love. So it's super important that we are together. And we're going to cut to a break now. And stick with us. We'll talk to you after the break. Hey there, compadres. This is Robbie Morgan. And if you'd like to have a more vibrant walk with God, then join me each week on Thursday afternoons for Real Faith. We'll be digging deep into the scriptures and having some fun with our weekly interactive discussions. I'd love you to be there, so make sure to tune in. Check Faith FM program for showtimes, 3.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Terms and conditions apply. Want to hear more of your favorite presenters? Download the free Faith FM app for Apple and Android and stream hundreds of podcasts whenever you like. And we're back. We've been talking about community is good for you here on The Marriage Project on Faith FM. And we've had a lot of conversation about the fact that church is good for people. It's especially good for, well, not especially, but it's also really good for married people. We've covered the idea that there may be so many reasons why you have maybe stopped attending church or don't want to attend church or maybe COVID has made you just sort of a bit over church and we get it and we understand those things, but we still really want to encourage you to be a part of what scripture calls the body of Christ, mm. um, where there's people that can gather around you and you can also stand alongside for mission. Yeah, absolutely. But, and yeah. Uh, one thing I want to highlight is that Jesus's regular practice was to attend weekly services with his local community at? at the synagogue. The synagogue. And so... We should also, if we are followers of Jesus, make that a weekly yeah. practice in our life. I love the synagogue. Yeah. Oh, we don't <laughs> no, I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Ch- okay, so what I want to say is that church is good for you. There have been studies that show that regular church attendance lowers your blood pressure, lowers your risk of stroke, can increases your longevity, gives you better sleep and less stress. That's for people who attend church on a regular basis, which is pretty cool. 
Um, really? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I'll I'll um look up where it's from and I'll say it for the next one. I've got it written on our whiteboard in our kitchen, you know, when yeah. I write the stuff down in there. Um this is another one. Seventy percent of professionals get hired because of a connection in a workplace. That's a survey that was done by LinkedIn. If you have a bigger community, if your church is your bigger community, it's better for your career prospects. Okay, that's probably not the number one reason to be. No, part of but a church, I'm but just saying still, that yeah. like there are benefits. Like if you're like, well, what's in it for me? Sure, here's some things. Yeah. Loneliness has the same impact on your mortality as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Yeah, wow. So don't get lonely and join a church. Um, research from Harvard Medical School, and this one's for women in particular, said that women who have more female friendships as they age have less physical deterioration. So girlfriends can literally help you live longer and get less ailments as an old lady. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a really cool quote here from my favourite lady, Brene Brown, from her book, Braving the Wilderness, and she talks about coming together and why it's really important. And I think it's something that COVID has really robbed us of lately. Mm. And so she talks about... You can remember a time like at a concert or at a church or at a funeral where you came together and you shared something that was bigger than yourself with other human beings, even if you didn't know them. And she says this, collective joy and pain, whether it's at sports games, rock concerts, vigils or funerals are sacred experiences. They are so deeply human that they cut through our differences and tap into our hardwired nature. We need these moments with strangers as reminders that despite how much we might dislike someone on Facebook or even in person, we are still inextricably linked and it doesn't have to be a big moment with thousands of strangers. It can be reminded of us after talking with a seatmate on a two-hour flight. And I think that's really important that we need to be reminded that human beings are created in the image of God, whether we like them on Facebook or not, and that there's something that's bigger than us that connects us to other human beings and that is God because each human creature is made in the image of God. And when we gather together together, at church, at sports, at funerals, at these events that connect us as human beings, as when we gather a community around us, that there's a really big, important, sacred part of humanity that exists. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. We have run out of time. We have. We need to wrap it up. You could have gone on so many rants today. Oh, look, I have so many more <laughs> rants when you started talking about uh, the synagogue, just because I'm a nerd. I like that. But anyway, we have enjoyed having this conversation with you this afternoon. Find your people. Find your people of God and connect with them and be brave and step out and do that because it will benefit your life in ways bigger than you can imagine. That's it. All right. We look forward to being back with you again next week. Keep listening to Faith FM. Faith FM.